Good evening, everybody. Welcome into the Nittany Lions Sports Report. It is live every week here on Bob Long Sports. Alongside me is Tyler Gellhouse, as always. Tyler, we take a return to the booth here after a break last week. And, uh, yeah, we probably needed that time a little bit. A lot of time to collect our thoughts. Very difficult loss for Penn State against Iowa. There has been additional context placed to that Iowa team in the last week as they get throttled by Purdue in a game that they won 24-7. It could have been worse. could have been 44-7. Yeah. Uh, what are your takeaways of the larger Penn State picture? Sure. I mean, first of all, my takeaways probably if Sean Clifford does not get injured in that game, you're probably seeing a pretty similar result as what Iowa just saw happen against Purdue. I think that um, Penn State is is was the much – um, more talented team than Iowa. Um, I think, I mean, Penn State was even making mistakes with Sean Clifford in the game um, before he got injured. And, and I think that's what's frustrating because Penn State, the offense started to click and then he goes out with an injury, doesn't return. A couple other guys' injuries, some did return. P.J. Mustafer out for the year. Um, but it, it, was a, it was a tough loss no matter how you shake it because – you just had the sense, and everybody kept saying it after Iowa won, is I was not that good. And, and then we saw what happened this week, and we're like, yeah, they really aren't that good. But needless to say, I was, I was very excited to see Iowa lose this week. Um, not that that's why we're here to talk about, but, um, you know, moving ahead, Penn State has their own worries um, and hurdles to overcome. And it starts this week playing Illinois without your starting quarterback, presumably, and, and you know, the situation you're in with your backups and – before you know it, you're going to be um, heading to the horseshoe, and, and your November slate isn't much easier. You still have three top ten teams left on your schedule yep. in the back end here. So hopefully Sean Clifford gets healthy. Uh, because with Sean Clifford, let's face it, I think they'll have a chance. Um, without Sean Clifford, not much chance. I still am not quite sure how good Michigan or Michigan State are at this juncture. Yeah, I, and I don't know if anybody really does. Um, I would tend to think that Michigan is a better team overall. Uh, they play each other in two weeks when Penn State plays Ohio State. Um, I do think that Ohio State is still the team to beat. I think that they are starting to hit their stride, which I don't think is a good sign for Penn State. Um, but again, the key for Penn State is is hopefully getting Sean Clifford back for that game. Uh, fortunately for Penn State, you have a very bad Illinois team coming to town. So you should be able to get away with Taquan Roberson, Christian Veyu playing quarterback and just kind of getting past Illinois and then focusing completely on Ohio State. Yeah, I hear you. Now, before we do move on from that Iowa game, right, there's things that we haven't had the opportunity to address, and we'll do so quickly. First, fans booing at Iowa with the Penn State players, and sure. I, I get it. There were a lot of injuries there. A lot of those guys did not come back. Arnold Epicati, him particularly, was one that a lot of Iowa fans still have seething anger about, but replays then showed that the play before, before he was limping, P.J. Mustafer gone for the season. Sean Clifford, certainly understand that. John Lovett did not return to the football game. Uh, I think the results speak for themselves, but what we've seen from Iowa and their head coach was uh, – a resistance to acknowledging that and a retaining of their narrative. Uh, a little disappointing, honestly. I always respected Iowa. I always their football program. I always respected Kirk Ferentz and the job that he has done. Um, you know, I think he's the longest tenured FBS football coach. Mm -hmm. And I think so. You know, um, it's just a little disappointing. I don't know how you can think that. It, look, it's one things fans booing. I mean. It, look at what Tennessee did this week. Sure. It's Ole Miss. I mean, I, I was watching the game, and then I checked the score on my, on my phone, and I see it's delayed, and I think, oh, a weather delay. Okay. And here it's because fans are throwing golf balls, beer cans, water bottles at the Ole Miss players, on Lane Kiffin and all that jazz. Yeah, remember so, that Ole Miss uh, most recently won the NCAA Golf Championship, so I don't know if throwing a golf ball <laughs> is, is the best I did not idea. know that. Well, there you go. Um <laughs> Regardless of what happened in Knoxville, I think my point is is yeah, every fan base has has dopes and idiots and you know, um Iowa fans booing, 
Uh, I thought it was strange. You know, I, right away they were booing the ball falling off the tee for Jordan Stout, and I guess it was trying to be funny. Booing the wind. Uh, right. Yes. So I guess my, my gripe with it is, one, these are college kids, don't forget, and two, what what is a Penn State player? Listen, these were all impact guys going down. Brisker went down as Epicady, as you mentioned. Musiford out for the year. Clifford, um, and I think there were Did one you or say two. Love other. it, so, yeah. love it. Didn't uh, even really know. What well, happened and love there, it was going to probably get a, a lot of touches that game at running back, and yep. then Sutherland as well. So, I mean, half of your captains and then other impact players. So, like, if you think it's oh, they're and and. What what was that? What was Penn State? What advantage were they gaining? Your hurry up offense. I mean, that's the thing that gets me is oh, Iowa has one of the slowest pace offenses in college football. That they huddle, they snap the ball at less than ten seconds. Every there 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 was no rhythm with their offense either. So well, the one, I, the Epicady one on the play before they had snapped it with four seconds left on the play clock. Yeah, four. So I I don't understand. There there was no advantage that Penn State would be gaining one by having players go down and two having them be their best players yeah <laughs> and and team leaders captains and I guess uh, the fans booing that that is one thing but I saw a video of their special teams coach on the mm-hmm. sideline which I'm sure you yep. saw at surface around the internet literally walking up to the ref and flailing his hands back and falling on the ground like he's faking an injury not a good look and then Kirk Ferentz could have got it all right, and he made it worse at his Much press worse. conference by saying, I guess, they smelled rats or something. Our fans smelled rats. And that really, I guess, you know, I think Franklin and the staff already pretty pissed, and that really struck another nerve. And, I, I mean, it's just clearly karma. Here we are. It didn't take long for karma to make up for those comments mm-hmm. and the actions displayed there is – they lost to Purdue at home. so Yeah, well, right. I mean, whether one leads to the other. But what I'll tell you is uh, there's one other thing, and and that's that uh, a fan of the show uh, that supports another team, actually the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, said to me, this is just it, – it's kind of funny to him that it's taken on this much of a life of its own. And I understand what he's saying. I do, right? This is a silly thing for even James Franklin to have to give a five-minute speech about – on his Wednesday availability after a bye week when your quarterback is injured and your season is in flux. So I get all that. However, that is a direct indictment on the program and so wildly out of context and irrational that I think James Franklin had every right, and if I was in Franklin's situation, I would have done the exact same thing that he did. And to the point where you have an ACC coach in Pat Narduzzi, a rival of Penn State, being asked about it, a guy that can't stand James Franklin, at least professionally, And he agrees with him. And I think most rationally-minded people do agree with James Franklin and Penn State. And I think it's every right for James Franklin to go out there and and make that statement, odd as it may seem. Well, I mean, he's got to protect his players and his program at the end of the day. Who, Outside of that, it doesn't really matter if people are – this is really taking on a narrative of its own, whatever. Because, you know, they were – Iowa was legitimately taking a shot at – James Franklin's, you know, reputation and putting something out there that just isn't true. He's, yeah, I, never, the, yeah, I never faked injuries it. in yeah. my 16 years as a head coach and my nine or eight or however many it already is at Penn State. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't blame him, but it it is, I guess, now behind Penn State. But unfortunately, some of those injuries were pretty serious uh, that we're, sure. you know, we're learning about. So, It'll be interesting to see how Penn State adapts here for the second half of the season. So let's talk about the most important thing, Tyler, and that is the quarterback position. We came into this year saying Sean Clefford is the most important player to Penn State's success. It was said in a different vein that we're talking about now, right? He went from a liability, and why did they not replace him in the transfer portal to he is the key to the team's success. He's played so well. Why didn't they bring in a backup in the transfer portal? And it's really tough to mingle those two portions of the conversation but all the credit in the world to Sean and to Mike Yursich and for them as a group to put him in a position where listen they worked a lot in the offseason with Sean Clifford put a ton of effort on improvement and you're going to do that anywhere right but this was I think almost to the point of 
Roberson maybe didn't get as many snaps. Vayu didn't get many snaps. And and you kind of threw your eggs into the basket because you had to. And Clifford is a guy who delivered on that promise. Uh, TBD as to what happens next. But what we can say is Penn State has one loss on the board because Sean Clifford went out of the game. And, uh, and now they need to figure out what's next. Uh, we're going to talk about it with our guest pecker. His name is Tanner Fitzgerald. He's the ownership group. He's within the ownership group at Froggy's Bar, a Penn State bar in Pittsburgh. So check out uh, what he has to say in the second half of the show. But I think that you're going to see a much more improved Taquan Roberson. I don't know if he's a guy that can or should be starting on a Big Ten roster right now. But what we saw last week, I, I wouldn't expect it to be that bad, right? You got two weeks to practice. He wasn't getting the attention that Clifford was. Again, it was kind of eggs in a basket it type was. of thing. And, and I think you're going to see a more improved Roberson, a guy who might win the game. And as we'll tease here, he's splitting reps ease, uh, evenly with Christian Veyu, first-year true freshman quarterback, just like Jesse Lucchetta and some of the guys from the northern border here in Canada. Um, and we'll see what comes of that. I, there really isn't much more to say other than it can't be as bad as it was against Iowa. He's got two weeks to prepare. And so I don't want folks to expect, right. you know, 80 yards worth of false start penalties this week. Well, you know, it should be better than what, what we saw at Iowa. I mean, that's a really tough situation to go into. Um, not to mention your, your your back was up against, like, the goal line every time almost. I mean, Iowa's punter did a tremendous job of pinning – um, the Penn State offense and, you know, the false starts. They just couldn't find a rhythm. A lot of that, yes, is on Penn State, Taquan Roberson. Um, but a lot of that was also an incredible, incredibly difficult situation and task at hand. Uh, on the other hand, you're coming home. You play probably the worst team in the Big Ten. You have a bye week. It sounds like there's every reason that there should be improvement with Taquan Roberson. Um, and, again, Hopefully it's a one-week thing and Sean Clifford's able to come back for Ohio State uh, because that's the only chance Penn State moving forward would have to beat Ohio State at their place. Even at home, um, you need Sean Clifford. And it is funny we say it. He was the key. He, this, the team goes as Sean Clifford goes, and we kind of thought if he could you know, not turn the ball over and play well, he'd be okay. And he was doing that, and then he got hurt. So hopefully he is back out there um, sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, I mean, it really comes down to that, right? Uh, Penn State should beat uh, uh, Illinois with Roberson, a quarterback. If not, then we got larger issues that we can address next week. But I don't know that Roberson goes and beats Ohio State. I don't know that he beats no. Michigan. I don't no. know that he even beats Michigan State. And I think that that team is a top 10 team. I have a lot of questions there. But all that to say, yes, we are at a point of inflection where we don't know. We don't know what the status of Clifford is. We don't, the insiders don't, don't know unless they're behind Clifford. They might not be able to say, right. Because right. again, James Franklin only will address an injury if it's season ending, which he did for PJ Musfer, unfortunately, who's been, he was yep. playing all big 10 football um, in the middle on the defense. Uh, but, and to close your point, he did not for Clifford. And so right. at this juncture, not expected to be out for the year. I am thinking, and from everything I'm reading and, the signs are pointing to Clifford hopefully realistically being back for Ohio State, but which not would be take, great. But not taking any practice reps this week. Not yet. Nope. So we'll keep an eye on it. Yep. And I don't know what else you say beyond that. I mean, I mean, this time next week we should have some better answers and idea of where that's sure, going. So. Sure. And we'll, we'll keep you updated on all of it here on the Nittany Lions Sports Report. You know, let's also address what, what this means, right? Penn State's defense will certainly be affected without Mustafa up the middle. It was the interior defensive line that was a point of contention for Penn State. Not a lot of depth at that position. Uh, they brought in Derek Tangelo, and that was certainly a nice addition. You have a guy, you know, a Nick Tarburton that can slide inside if needed. But that that's not even the defensive end position with Lucetta. Right when Lucetta had to move back to linebacker because Ellis Brooks was targeting, all of a sudden defensive end depth wasn't very good. There's well, there are it, issues it, here. Even before that, I mean, you have Adisa Isaac who hasn't isn't going to play this year because of a preseason injury. Mm-hmm. Hakeem Beeman, who can play defensive tackle or defensive end, is out for the year for unspecified reasons. Um, 
So <laughs> it doesn't seem to be injury-related, but and now you take P.J. Musafer out of the equation. I mean, that's really three starters for you because you consider Beeman a starter because of the amount of reps. He's, he's playing starter reps. And, you know, the the defensive line has actually been a pleasant surprise this year. And credit yeah. to John Scott Jr., uh, you know, another another hurdle to overcome here. I think you mentioned uh, Derek Tangelo is playing well. I think Devon Ellis and, and Keziah Izzard, two younger defensive tackle prospects, have been playing well. Ellis a McDonough guy, by yeah, the way, exactly. just like Mustafer. And um, Izzard's a DeMatha guy. So yep. I think what you're seeing is, is these guys are – they're going to have to – it's their time already. So they got to be ready to go because they're still half a season and a very tough – schedule that we mentioned so yeah it's time you know they're going to be growing up fast here and hopefully they're ready for the reps and again this isn't going to affect this year or really even next year but that lack of depth it's been something that they've been trying to address in recruiting tyler and they're starting to do that right abdul carter a guy mm -hmm. who will probably move to edge rusher keon wiley from Inmotep, edge rusher and yeah. um and then deny dennis sutton it, and a lot of this stuff was stuff that's really out of their control with injuries but again you you mentioned the portal. Thank God they got Tanja out of the mm -hmm. portal, and also you know and advocated and exactly. And you think about the defense line without those two right now. Wow. And um, if they didn't figure out to so, put Lucetta on the D line, and, and in a way, exactly. In a way, I think it's a good thing. It, not a good thing about the injuries, but silver lining is, look, you got to keep exploring the portal now every off season because look how fast you're 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 group or position group can change with injury sure. so make sure that you have the depth needed um and you know we're already seeing a little bit of quarterback so mm -hmm. indeed indeed and at quarterback <laughs> as we talk about next year or maybe even the year after in terms of viability of these guys but Bo Perbula, Drew Aller, Perbula from Central York local here about an hour and a half west of us and then Drew Aller from Ohio uh there's a Again, there's four quarterbacks in Ohio at Ohio State that have freshman eligibility, either redshirt <laughs> or true. And Yursich had a part in recruiting all of them. And now he's yeah. the, the offensive coordinator. Only one guy can be the guy. It looks like that C.J. Stroud. Again, one of those guys happens to have Philadelphia ties. I, I just – I got nothing here, Tyler, but I just wonder. There's got to be some movement there, there somewhere. There's going to be – the Penn State quarterback room automatically will look so much different next year because you're bringing in two guys, Aller and Prabula. You're going to have Veyu there, most likely again Probably. to compete. You know, then you throw in the two that are there right now that might not be there are Clifford and Roberson. Mm -hmm. And this isn't, you know, I'm not trying to take a shot at Roberson or anything like that, but if you're already in a competition for second string like this week with Veyu. A true you, freshman. Right, who didn't even play his senior year. I mean, you got to be – the writing, I don't want to say, is on the wall, but it's definitely um, – and then you got two high-end recruits coming in behind him to push him. You know, it might be – you, you got to – there's going to be some difficult decisions. To well, make. and you yeah. remember when he first came in, he came in with a guy named Michael Johnson Jr. Mm -hmm. and And he lasted about a year, if that, right? One I year. think the going opinion, at least when Johnson Jr. came in, was that, well, maybe Michael Johnson Jr. has more talent, certainly was a better athlete. Right, but has to Roberson to was a ball. better passer. Yeah, and so when Roberson beat out Johnson and Johnson left, you know, when that started to turn even before Johnson left, I was at least a little bit surprised. And I thought, wow, maybe Roberson has something here. And right. I think what we're learning maybe is that he was does. more of an indictment of Michael Johnson Jr., uh, you know, Micah Bowen's also transferred out. Right, There's been a ton of movement and not a ton of viable well, quarterback The candidates. quarterback options, and it was a revolving door for a little bit at offense coordinator, the, the quarterback recruiting just really wasn't that good. Um, and that's that's a huge That's, that's why they're really in this situation right now. And that's why Mike Yersich now, is here. And the other interesting part about the quarterback room, and we, we've talked about this and we're going to continue to talk about it, I'm sure. Sean Clifford could come back for a sixth year. He could. Um, so that'll be something to pay attention to as well. Uh, and if he if he doesn't, I would not be the least bit surprised to see Penn State try to go out there and look at the portal and you know 
maybe get a college guy that's been around for a little bit because it's going to be an incredibly young quarterback room. And as we're seeing this year, it's great to have options in case option one goes down. I don't know why you wouldn't bring Sean Clifford back at this. Oh well, yeah, I mean it's all, it's he all, could decide to go, but right. he also could decide with new name, image, and likeness. Exactly, that I could go that's to Blaze Alexander Ford outside State College right. and make more money than I would as an undrafted free agent that gets that gets cut from the scout team at, what, on, for the Tampa be, Bay Buccaneers. That would be something again next year. Talking about Sean Clifford again. I mean, he he'd be twenty four years old. Uh, maybe he'll own a house up at Penn State by that point. And you don't have an answer right now, no. Tyler. And and Bo Perbula, God love him. I, he's not going to be the answer. Well, if Kyle McCord comes in here from Ohio State, I think we have a conversation. Anything right. short of that, or some other big name and, and transfer I'm, And portal? I'm excited about Drew Aller, but you look at the beginning of Penn State's schedule next year. With um, you know, you have at Purdue Week One, at Auburn Week Three, Ohio State and Michigan back to back weeks, late October, early late September or both early October. And, um, you know, it'd be great to have a six-year senior leading your team at quarterback at that sure. point. So, um, but we'll – How good I'm is sure. it to have Tariq Castro-Fields and Jaquan Brisker? Right. right I know they're not six-year guys. Right. But. So it'll be interesting, and I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts with everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's we got Illinois first. Illinois, the Illini, coached by none other than Brett Bielema. Calling out his team. Did you see that? Mm, what do you got for me? Well, I don't have word for word, but essentially, you know, <laughs> paraphrasing, we didn't recruit these guys. They're really not on the offensive line, at least like, you know, Big Ten caliber. <laughs> so, uh, firing his guys up. Um, Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm sorry I don't have the quotes he's, or the video, he's a, but you'll have to a take a look at it. He's a terrible head coach. I mean, everywhere. He, he had a gift-wrapped thing in Wisconsin, and you still have folks – talking badly about him. Yeah. And then you hear stories about things that happened at the college bars in Arkansas and being pissed drunk all the time. Doesn't going surprise after the college me. girls. He's just – there's no reason that he should be coaching a college football program. So you're saying he's like a he's like Ed Ogeron but doesn't have the national championship to back it up? Or the personality. <laughs> there you go. Or the personality, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and doesn't eat as much crawfish. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ed's a big boy, but not like Brett. <laughs> no, no, we're diff different types of mass we're yeah, talking about there. Absolutely. So, listen, Penn State should have no problem with Illinois. Sorry, guys, we don't have a ton of in-depth Illinois breakdown. I, I think that would be a waste of our breath and your ears. If Penn State doesn't win this game and doesn't win it convincingly, then we have major, yeah. major issues, and they're immediately out of any college football playoff And, and it's not, it's not going to be pretty. Um, at least I'm not anticipating it to be pretty, so don't – Come in here thinking Roberson's going to pass all over the field. Maybe he surprises us, but I think it's going to be a sluggish start. Mm -hmm. I think you know Penn State will twenty. They'll probably put somewhere in the twenties. Uh, they won't give up many points and um, get out of the game without any ejections or injuries for next week. So what we should do, and this is kind of coming to me in live time, but Tyler, we we have some fun text chains during these football games when when we're watching Penn State, and and the travesty of it is we haven't watched all that many games together in person. We've probably been to more games in person together at Beaver Stadium than we have at either folks, you know, right, uh, room or or house or whatever. But um, during that Iowa game and after that Iowa game, you, you were pretty certain that. With or without Sean Clifford, you think Ohio State, you know, is is clearly the the better East team. Do you have any yeah, additional mean, thoughts on that? I uh, that was after a long day of drinking. <laughs> um, uh, maybe the, I at, shouldn't even have at the camping trip. <laughs> However, I no, I, I said it again tonight. Ohio State is they're hitting their stride. I feel like yeah, I and mean, you're right. um, I I have no gut feeling or anything in the world that Penn State goes in there and wins with or without Sean Clifford. Really? I I don't know. It's weird. I feel like with the way that Iowa game went and then with the bye, um, it almost – and it's so strange. I think a lot of it is because of the, the way it went, the injury to Clifford, and, and the bye. It almost feels like the season, like, ended to me. And I know it didn't. It's just – it's bizarre. And I'm like, well, everything is still out in front of this team. Because right. here's the thing, if you beat Iowa, you still have to beat Ohio State 
to control your destiny in the East. Otherwise, even if you, you had could, beaten Iowa, then now, you would have been hoping for right, a committee to eleven and one, hypothetically, and didn't then win your division. You still have, have to rely on the the point. committee, which the committee you can't really, you, you want to have it. You control your own destiny, which they still do. Um, I just think it's going to be really tough to beat Ohio State because they're hitting their stride, but they are extremely vulnerable as well defensively. Defensively, but it appears on defense they struggle against the run, and for whatever reason, Penn State can't run the ball. But hey, look, bye weeks sometimes work magic, so uh, we'll see. I'm just not that as confident as I was, mm-hmm. um, you know, before the Clifford injury. I just I thought that there were some flaws that I wasn't really expecting that, that yeah. on full display. The defense was unbelievable it against is. Iowa. But that Iowa offense isn't that great. I know. All that. things considered, when you consider the the field position and and I mean I was getting great field position from the start of the game at the five yard line, really. Yeah, and they you know what I mean? score. That's so, my point. Yeah. But I thought the Ohio State effort, is a totally different offense. As I, you know. I'm not you know Of course. Um I think Penn State can beat anybody left on their schedule. I think so too. I just don't see them beating Ohio State. I, yeah. If I had to guess right now, if Sean Clifford comes back, I'll give you a, I'll say ten and two is my season prediction. I think it's probably good enough for New Year's Six. I think it's something that everybody can, for the most part, say that's a that's a great season. Um, you know, oh well, sh- you know, stinks about losing at Iowa. What could have been eleven and one. Would we have gotten in over undefeated Cincinnati if that's what it comes down to? But at the end of the day, um, you know, going ten and two is pretty good. Yeah, uh, listen, I they could go ten and two beating Ohio State because then they'll have to play two more top ten teams and then yeah, whoever comes yeah, out of the exactly. West in the Big Ten. It's title not game. easy. It's the best. You know, the Big Ten East is the best division this year I don't care what you say mm-hmm. it's better than the SEC West this year and I think the the tough part for Penn State fans is that this is the most open college football season Clemson mm-hmm. is absolutely nothing not even a part of the conversation Alabama loses to unranked Texas A&M with a backup Georgia, quarterback yeah Georgia has their backup quarterback and they I think they're better with him by the way you want to talk about hitting your stride okay we, we'll talk about that because they scored 10 points and not an offensive touchdown against Clemson. So like you said, they might be better now. You don't want to hit your stride too early either. With Bennett. I'm just not so sold. I'm hearing Georgia be talked about like Trevor Lawrence led Clemson and and Tua led uh, Alabama. And I'm telling you, that's not the case. I'm They're still, not that good. No, I'm still – I would still – if I had to pick today, gun to my head, Alabama. Even with that loss, it's just – it's Alabama. It's Alabama. And Georgia, show me. Exactly. Show me. Yeah. It's, it's you know it, just show me first and uh, if they go run the table and go fifteen and zero I'll dob my cap and I'll say congratulations I was I was wrong about this team but I don't see this as an all time great college football team maybe an all time great defense could be but um, yeah we'll see it's crazy we're only halfway through the season like I said it feels like it, it ended already which it obviously didn't and we're just getting started here in October also just getting started here on the Nittany Lions Sports Report next up. Our guest, Tanner Fitzgerald, part of the ownership group of Froggies, a Pittsburgh favorite bar. Went the way of the wind in the early 2000s. He and his folks brought it back in the late teens, went through COVID, and now are back and stronger than ever. We're going to talk to him about that. It's a great place to watch Penn State football if you're one of our Pittsburgh listeners. I know we got some folks concentrated here in Philadelphia and then through Bruce and his group and Sports Stream Premium Network out in Central PA and even beyond. But I know we got a great contingent out in Pittsburgh as well. So for those folks, go check out Froggies. You're going to hear from the man himself, Tanner Fitzgerald, next here, our celebrity guest picker on the Nittany Lions Sports Report on Bob Long Sports. Dunphy Ford is Mayfair's neighborhood Ford store. Nobody knows your neighborhood like Dunphy Ford. Nearly 40 years. Right here on Frankfurt Avenue. Generation after generation, our neighbors continue to be our customers. We have access to the cars and trucks you want with financing you need. Dumpy Ford is Northeast Philly's first choice for America's number one brand. 7700 Frankfurt Avenue in Mayfair. Online at www.dumpyford.com. Come experience the Dumpy difference. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, folks, to the Nittany Lions Sports Report. Bob Long, Tyler Gale House. Enjoyed that first part of the show. 
As we get ready for another game, uh, Penn State taking on Illinois after a tough bye and a tough game prior to that. But to lighten our spirits here, we got Tanner Fitzgerald on the line. He is uh, part of the ownership group of Froggies, the bar in Pittsburgh. Got a Penn State right. player to it. A great story, Tanner. First of all, mm -hmm. welcome. And we're excited to explore the story of Froggies. Thanks, guys. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, good to be back on the show. Um, and uh, yeah, we are here in uh, in Pittsburgh, but but we keep the the Penn State flag waving, and uh, you know we luckily Penn State's been. Uh, had a good run the last few years. So we've been able to build some momentum in, uh, and keeping this a, a Penn state bar. Um, but, uh, but froggies, we, we took the name from an old, uh, Pittsburgh bar, um, from early two thousands, a lot of Steelers and, and folks, uh, it was, it was hot downtown and it closed. And, uh, you know, we, that's been about 15, 20 years. We tried to keep the name alive and we did. And, uh, you know, it, it's an old, I can I can pan over real quick, kind of old fashioned little tavern bar here, but uh, you know, great great sports atmosphere, great Penn State atmosphere. So that's great, that's great. Well, appreciate the uh, the intel on the history of Froggies. Now you were we knew each other from Pittsburgh, and prior to that, Penn State, but really got to know each other well in Pittsburgh. You were a finance guy at the time, mm -hmm. and uh, that. Uh, that career has, you know, gone by in many ways as you have started to give back to the community here a little bit and, and open up a local bar. What led to that decision? Um, you know, I, I had pivoted a little bit into, um, uh, we started at lending uh, together at, at uh, PNC and, and I wanted to get into more of a uh, hands-on lending. And I did that. And once I did that, I wanted to get totally hands-on because we were going out and making real estate and business loans. And, uh, you know, th those folks just, uh, you know, they inspired me to, you know, whatever they were doing, even though, you know, it's riskier, it's, uh, it's really cool that they're out trying to, you know, make something of, uh, you know, this great city and, and a lot of, uh, groundswell of young folks, uh, in the city who are out and looking to do cool stuff. Um, so, you know, an opportunity presented itself in that time frame with me and a couple uncles and, uh, you know, we decided to, to go after it and run with it. And, um, you know, that's been three years now. So we survived the, uh, the pandemic and, uh, you know, we're doing all right. So what does a Saturday of Froggies look like then, particularly in the fall? You mentioned off air that this is a Penn State crowd watch party and Penn State Alumni Association, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It depends. Uh, you know, if there's, if there's no big game, um, you know, We'll, we'll normally get hot around the four o'clock hour uh, for that slate of games. Um, like last week, their, their Penn State was off. So um, we didn't heat up till later. But, but when we do have a, uh, a PSU game or, you know, or a big pit game, which, which we will get to, I think, in this block as well, um, you know, they, they come out, as you know, they come out early and uh, in high numbers. And, um, you know, we were jam-packed for, for the Iowa game, as you'd imagine. Um, and, uh, unfortunately the game didn't end as we wanted. So we had some folks clear out, but, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that was a good Saturday. Well, you mentioned coming out early and, and staying late. Yeah. You know, I, I know you're talking about the Penn state folks there, but you mentioned Pitt. Mm -hmm. uh, just mm -hmm. like at Heinz field, do they also leave at the end of the third quarter <laughs> after sweet Caroline? Uh, no, you know what? They, they hang on in the bar. Um, but uh, but they don't hang on as long as, as we do. So, um, you know, they I think it's uh, they, they like to beat traffic. Let's put it that way from Heinz Field. So uh, it's tough to walk back to campus. How close are you guys to Heinz Field and, and where in Pittsburgh are you guys for those like me that really are too familiar? I've been to Heinz Field, um, but other mm -hmm. than that, I'm not too familiar with the city. So where whereabouts? Is Froggy's located? Uh, we're in Bloomfield, um, which is uh, old neighborhood, Pittsburgh's Little Italy. Um, it is two neighborhoods up from downtown. So you got the Strip District, um, a little bit of Lawrenceville, and then you have Bloomfield. So um, in the marathon, I think you hit Bloomfield at mile 23. 
and you keep going down Liberty Avenue and, and it ends downtown. So, um, you know, Bob gets down there quicker than I did, but, you know, I, I eventually made it to downtown from Bloomfield. So only a couple miles downhill. That's right. I remember you uh, going yeah. many moons ago. Are you still into that stuff? I haven't been lately. I have not been lately, but uh, I, I hope to get the itch hopefully next year because um, especially the route comes right in front of the bar and with three miles left, I mean, stop for a beer, shake some hands. And, you know, if you don't make it to the finish line, you made it to a finish line. <laughs> That's great. This is Tanner Fitzgerald, folks. He's our celebrity guest picker here on the Nittany Lions Sports Report. And yeah, you tease it at the very top of the broadcast, and I almost forgot myself, but that's right, a former co-host on Bob Long Sports from our time back in Pittsburgh, man. Mm. Oh, yeah. Those were good times. Now, I, know, I don't remember a pick segment back then. Uh, you know, the, the PA laws around gambling have changed, um, but, <laughs> uh, but, but, I'm, but I'm happy to, uh, to be part of a, a new segment, um, so... But, yeah, a lot of good times, a lot of good uh, playoff baseball back then, um, from what I can remember. Um, so the Pirates were a different team then. I think we, we focused on them a little bit more than you guys might now. <laughs> no doubt, man. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. about the Buckos. I, I, yeah, I still right. pull for them, man. Uh, I, we, I, still I, do, I do too, bro. That's I keep right. you close. <laughs> I still recount the summer, a couple of summers I was out there, but I went to about half the home games. And of course, you accompanied me to a lot of those. So enjoyed our times there. Uh, must be no tough doubt. to find your way to 40 Pirates games right now. Uh, wait, say that again. Sorry, I missed it. it. It must be tough to find your way to 40 oh. Pirates games right now. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, well, it would be easy to uh, from a cost standpoint. And, uh, and a parking standpoint, but, uh, yeah, yeah. To get the, uh, vested interest, it's, uh, it's a little tough. That's great. So what's next for froggies, right? I know you're staying engaged with the Penn State community, the Pittsburgh community. Big mm -hmm. plans ahead. Oh man. Yeah. We're, uh, you know, um, I would say in the next phase here would be, uh, to add a kitchen and, uh, food, you know, it's an old tavern that never had, a kitchen uh in the old days this was always a bar the uh the woman would cook upstairs in in her apartment and dumbwaiter the food down um not exactly health permissible anymore so uh that'd be our next our next phase after um we try to build back up after some losses in the pandemic but uh you know keep moving um i, th I think soccer's in our future uh there, there's an itch around here for some early morning um, soccer. So um, I think that would definitely be a, uh, a next phase for this bar. Um, we draw well when we do um, have soccer and, and, you know, when we have the Euro Cup and stuff like that. So um, I think a more permanent foothold in that. A foothold in football, huh? Yes, That's right, brother. Uh, that's right. Uh, you'd have a patron if I was out there. I love my English Premier League mornings. Oh, I figured you would be. I figured you would be. So I will keep you posted. Yeah, please do. That's great. Well, from the looks of it, that looks like a heck of a Saturday morning football bar. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. Now that's a crowd that puts that that puts uh, even the the best Penn State drinkers. Uh, it, it gives them a run for their money. There's no doubt. Um, they come out early and in, in volume. So um, as you know, I mean, it's that that's some passionate fans. So before we make some picks here, Tanner, again, Tanner Fitzgerald from Froggies, part of the ownership group of Froggies Bar in Pittsburgh, make sure you support what they're doing out there. They're doing great things. Uh, but before we do get to our picks, let's hear it from a Penn Stater himself. I mean, no idea about the health of Sean Clifford. Mm -hmm. uh, Looks the way he did against Iowa. What do you see for the second half of the season here? Oh, man. Um... Well, I, I, I'll be optimistic and say that even if we don't see him this weekend, we will see him soon and down this uh, pretty important stretch. Um, I hate to say that it that it all hangs on him because you might be able to get by another week without him, but it um, doesn't, doesn't seem like it. So um, 
I would say if if he can get healthy quickly, um, I like us to make it into the playoff. Um, so uh, that, that that's where I see it. It all it all hinges around him for for me. So. And then any hot takes? I mean, you've had opinions on on different head coaches and assistant coaches in the past, and mm. almost. Mm. Almost no repercussions besides that of the range of our fan base and your constituency at the bar. Anything you want to share? Oh, man, uh, nothing too hot, to be honest. Um, I do think that um, a half a dozen coaches, if not more, could have figured out a way to win in Iowa, given the circumstances. Um, now, that's not a um, – that's not for me to say that I don't think Franklin – could win a, a national championship, but you know, is 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 he always the greatest tactician? I don't know, but but that was my take from that game. Was horrible hand to be dealt, but have to have some some level of uh, preparedness with the backups and and, and with that a seventeen three lead. So um, that that was my my biggest kind of hot take from that game. But uh, you know. It's, it's a brutal hand to be dealt, so. And so we'll see what happens next. And with that yeah. said, Tyler, why don't you give us our picks? We'll start with you, Tanner, our guest. I'll make a pick second, Tyler third. We have a, uh, a season-long race going amongst Tyler and me. It's and not pretty. Not pretty right now. <laughs> but, uh, but then you also have a competition against every other guest picker. And I like it. Five and one has the lead. Okay, I like it. All right, all right. so so Tanner, first game, um, and these are all just straight up head to head, other than the Penn Got State it. game. So uh, we have Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Uh, I like Oklahoma State there. I'll take the road team. Yeah, I like Oklahoma State as well. I sometimes I get myself in trouble picking road teams, Tanner, but. Uh, Iowa State, and you also get yourself in trouble going transitive property, but here we go. Ohio yeah, I know. I know. Looks horrible against Iowa, and we see what they've done. Uh, have, has yep. Iowa regressed, or is Iowa State just not where we thought they were before the season? I'll go Pokes in this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go I'm gonna go against the grain here. I actually I was surprised to see Iowa State was like a six-point favorite in this game, despite yeah. the rankings. Oklahoma State's coming off of a good win at Texas, where they upset um, the Longhorns. Again, even with the rankings, Oklahoma State's not getting much love from Vegas, um, as, as I think yep. they're the 12 right now, and they're still underdogs in these games. Yeah. So I'm going Iowa State. Uh, I know that they haven't lived up to it with Brock Purdy, Brees Hall. Uh, but uh-huh. I, think, I think they're going to come through this week for, for me. Uh, so I got Iowa State. You can say it hasn't been Purdy. It hasn't been Purdy. There you go. I like that. <laughs> I can always count on you for the one-liners, but um, next we're going to head out west. We have Oregon at UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Mm, mm. Um, tough one, uh, back and forth with Oregon, but um, despite a, a tough overtime loss in Stanford, I, I still see them as a fringe uh, playoff team. Uh, offense has been a little bad, but I, I still like them in UCLA. Uh, I will go with Oregon there. I'm riding with you as well, Tanner. I I like Oregon as well. Uh, Not great last week, but but I think good enough to win this one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm right there too. We'll make it a clean sweep. I got Oregon. Um, Should be a pretty interesting game. Uh, However, I think it's at the same time, if I'm not mistaken, is another interesting game that I'm sure you will have your eyes on, Tanner. Clemson at Pitt. I believe it's mm. 30 on Saturday. Mm. Um, I got to – and I always tell myself you can't bet on Pitt either way, either for them or against them because they're going to kill you. Um, but I will take the home team here. I just think that their offense has been too good and Pickett's been too good. Um, and the flip side of that is Clemson's offense has, has just – not been good enough. I mean, they, they, they really can't score. Their defense is great, that, which has really held the team together. Um, but, but I just think Pitt outscores them. Um, I, I would – I think it will be a higher scoring game, but uh, 
but Pitt will outscore them and will win. And I believe they'll cover, even though that's not the pick, but um, I, I think they cover a spread against Clemson. Gosh, this is an amazing world we're living in right now, guys. Yes, it is. I mean, Pitt is home favorites against Clemson in, in 2021. Yeah. October 19th, 2021. Yep. About a month and a half after Georgia and Clemson, and folks are thinking that's a semifinal preview. 10 right. Three. Oh, man, I got to go Clemson. I just don't know. I, <laughs> call yeah. me crazy, losing my shirt on uh, on on things in the past, but I just don't I just don't see it. I'll believe it when I see it with Pitt. They also lost to Western Michigan. Yeah, that's true. They did. Um, who's not who's not as bad though western michigan has proven to not be that's not that bad of a loss uh they're, they're not great but but i will uh I, i've watched a little bit of western michigan pitch it on it but but they're not as bad as it might appear that's yeah, all i'll say on that he he knows it's, his direction i was gonna say it's still a directional school this um, way this way up down yeah. Um, I'm Clemson is like they got injuries. They get guys hitting the transfer portal every week. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're either losing close, ugly games or winning close, ugly games. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing in between. It's just ugly. Um, it is. I, I think they still have more talent than Pitt. And when I say that, I mean the blue chip recruits. Uh, they still have them. Um, I think there will be a good amount of orange in the seat in the seats, um, good amount of pit fans, and probably a good amount of yellow empty seats as well. But not no like doubt. not like your typical home pit game. But I'm going Clemson here. Uh, I think it's right. close. I'm interested to watch it. It should be fun. Um, we're gonna we're gonna head to the Big Ten, uh, a team that is really struggling this year. Uh, Wisconsin travels to Purdue, who obviously just knocked off Iowa in Kinnick Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wisconsin stinks. Uh, all, all Purdue here, even even if that's not what what happens, it just don't put your money anywhere near Wisconsin. Um, but Purdue's Purdue's had some some average to bad losses as well. But and I'm not the, Iowa is not a top top five, top ten team, I don't think. But, the, hey, they won on the road there, which which is always hard. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I like Purdue all day here. I'm going to take Purdue as well, Tanner. We, uh, we're agreeing on a lot of things, except for your hometown, Pitt Panthers. But uh, <laughs> Wisconsin does not inspire confidence, do they? It is just no. awful to watch. Even when they shut out Illinois – it yeah, was just, it was just it was disgusting football the whole way. It really was. Yeah, I I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think Purdue's coming off of the high, um, but Wisconsin has just been downright bad every time I've watched them. And I've watched them a lot this year. They've had some pretty big early games. Uh, I'm going Purdue. I really like um, David Bell, the receiver there. He had a huge game against mm-hmm. Iowa. Uh, I think yep. Purdue gets at another win. And um, all of a sudden, they're in the thick of it out west in the Big Ten. So I'm going to go Purdue. Um, next, we're going to go BYU at Washington State, who just fired their head coach due to uh, COVID mandates. Yep. Um, yeah, Washington coming off two good wins. Washington State, sorry. BYU, two bad losses. But, yeah, with the coach thing, and, and I still think – um, BYU still scoring. Um, I like him in this one uh, on the road, uh, given the kind of distraction in the locker room with Washington State. I think I'll take uh, BYU here. Yeah, I'm hammering BYU as well. I think it's a pretty good football team, actually. They've had a couple tough losses. You know, the Boise State game didn't look as good, but I nothing about Washington State. Uh, to borrow a term I just use, inspires confidence. Uh, mm-hmm. I will take us in a little bit of a different direction. Any of you guys follow or any of our fans follow message board geniuses on Twitter? And no. If, and if you don't, you should. These guys comb through the different message boards, just like you'd see on like a 24-7 right. PWI or like Penn State, but those all over the country. And they find the most ludicrous and outrageous things that these people have said, screenshot them and post them on Twitter. And there was a great one 
about the Washington State head coach. Mm-hmm. He fired. And uh, apparently it all went back to the governor of Washington, who is a Wa- University of Washington Huskies fan. And ah. his knowledge of this situation at Washington State and that was the reason they put this uh, oh, put the, that's beautiful. The ball in. So I'll tell you what, <laughs> college football runs deep, man. Jay oh, it does. Making sure the Husky says just a game. <laughs> that's right. Oh, it's embedded. It's embedded deep. The Pac-12, that just means more. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. And finally, well, I'm going BYU too. I don't need to talk much. You guys kind of covered all my points there. And beyond. And beyond. Uh, but Penn State um, – Minus 23 the last I checked against <laughs> Illinois, who was just bad, bad. But obviously, you know, factor the quarterback situation in, other Penn State injuries, um, and give us a score, and then that'll determine if Penn State covers or not. Oh, man. Um, all right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that, that Clifford doesn't play in this game because it might be silly to, to play him anyway. Um, and having said that, I, I still think they cover um, with with even if they run a wildcat offense. Um, I think they they uh, even with the injuries, they out athlete them offense, defense, special teams, and uh, final score thirty three to seven. Okay, I'm going to take Illinois. Uh, now we led in the first half of our show, uh, and I talked about how. Yeah, I wouldn't expect a complete repeat of what we saw with Roberson, right? And he just wasn't ready. They've had a week and a half, all that, not rocking right. Science, right? But that's that's a lot of points. Um, it is. Yes, ton of yes points. Illinois does suck, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Illinois to cover. Um, let's just call it twenty to three. Some okay. Sluggish, not yep. so inspiring. But, yeah, you know, just just not yeah. not a very inspiring week of football apparently for me. I'm kind of right there with you, Bob. I have Penn State winning, not covering. I have 27 to six, um, so okay. very close to the cover. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's talk about you know Roberson isn't as far ahead as where they'd like him to be at this point in his career, and I think that's pretty obvious from what we saw yesterday and Christian splitting snaps with yeah. Christian Bayou. Um, so I think you might see a little bit of him, the true freshman quarterback from Canada. Um, regardless, I'm interested to see what, you know, how Penn State responds after a, buy, a, a, a tough loss, a bye, some key injuries, PJ Mustafer out for the year with a lower leg injury. Um, but I think it's a defensive, I think the defense will step up. They're not going to give up much. And I think too, they're going to be, I don't want to say looking ahead to Ohio State, but I think they know they can get away yep. walking for the most yep. part against Illinois. Homecoming, right. o'clock start, all that. I got Illinois covering barely, but PSU winning. There you go. All right. Well, Tanner, you've made it through the gauntlet. Now you sit back, get your feet up at Froggies on Saturday and see how you're picking. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll, I'll keep this uh, scorecard with me, and uh, I might put some actual live action on it because, man, does it look pretty to me as a uh, as a 6-0. and oh, So I might have to go right to the book with this one. Going down the rivers. That's right. <laughs> That's right, brother. <laughs> hey, great having you on. Glad we could do this. Best of luck at Froggies. To all the folks out there, go visit our buddy Tanner, whether you're on the West Coast or West Coast side, yep. or just make your way out to Pittsburgh. And, and I'm sure if you drop the Bob Long Sports name when you're ordering your beer, I'm sure there'll be some sort of discount there. <laughs> I'm not sure what hey. it'll be, but. I was just going to say, if you fellas are ever in town, we'd be happy to host, host a Thursday night uh, BLS um, sports pick hour here. We got the whole back, so um, open invitation anytime. Thank you. We should do that. That'd be great, man. <laughs> yeah. Tanner, thank you for being with us. He's been our guest picker. He's Tyler Gellhouse to my right here, and I'm Bob Long saying thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the football. We'll see you guys next week.